Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Welcome to the Least of These Podcasts. We reach out to those the world has forgotten. If you'd like to know more about us and how you can donate to help us fulfill our mission, go to hisloveministries.net. Thank you very much and God bless you. Jesus, all of our sins and griefs to bear, and what a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. We're going to be back in John chapter 8 this morning, and we're going to start looking in verse 12. How many of y'all are glad the sun came up this morning? Everybody? You know, we don't really think about that, do we? I want to talk a little bit about that a little bit more. I want to look at verse 12 today in John chapter 8, and I'm going to read a couple of more verses, but I don't know how far we'll get. I'm actually, I'm just going to read verses 12, and that's all I want to read for right this minute. How about that? John chapter 8, verse 12, he says, And Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness but have the light of life. I was looking last night at some verses and it's kind of interesting. First thing that the Bible says over in Genesis chapter 1 is it says that the earth, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters And then God said, Let there be light. And there was light, and God saw the light that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness He called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. God gave us light. Right after He created the heavens and the earth, the very next thing He created was light. And then he specified a little bit later on in verse 16, he made two great lights, the lesser light, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. It says in verse 17 that God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. You know, as we think about this, it'd be a terrible world to live in darkness all the time, wouldn't it? I know sometimes you go to bed at night or nighttime seems to be just not a time that we really like a lot of times. And when you get up in the morning, there's that fresh new day and the light of the day comes in and God made light. And if we go all the way back over to John chapter 1, it's amazing to me that that Jesus tells them that in Him was life. And His life was the light of men. I will talk a little bit about that light. All the way back in Exodus, what happens over there in Exodus? Remember the 
Jewish folks. They were being enslaved and they were being mistreated and and they're over in Egypt and God brings them out of Egypt. And one of the things that He does during that time is He uses light. But the first thing He does is over in Genesis, not Genesis, Exodus chapter 3, and then starting in verse 1, he says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back of the desert, came to Horeb, the mountain of God, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of the bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will turn aside now and see this great sight. Why does the bush not burn? And as he goes on, down in verse 13 and 14, Moses is talking to God. And then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and who they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And Moses And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am sent you. So, all the way back in this section of Scripture, God's using light. Fire gives off light. And even during the plague, you remember as he delivered them from Egypt, what is the last thing that happened? Darkness. It was darkness all over except for the children of Israel had light in their homes. But the rest of Egypt was in total darkness. They couldn't see anything. I don't know how many of y'all have ever been in a cave where there's absolutely no light. (laughs) I don't care how long your eyes adjust, you can't see anything because there's no light to see anything. And that's the way it was. They couldn't see their hands in front of them. And the last thing that happened before God came in and killed the firstborn of the land was that awful darkness. And then He killed the firstborn. And you know, later on, that was a picture. Later on, what does He do? He kills His firstborn, His Son, who is the light of the world. And as He is on that cross and and he's He cried before He cries out it is finished it says for three hours there is total darkness on the land and I don't know maybe God will correct me one day when I get to heaven but I believe during that time Jesus here in this section of scripture says he is the light of the world he is the one who gives us holiness and righteousness and purity and That is what light stands for. I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but John loves that word light. And and he uses it so much. And he uses it many, many times right here just in a few verses when we first began this book. I don't know how many of y'all were here, but he talks about John being a witness to the light. He was not that light, but he came to bear witness of that light. And... That was the true light that gives light to every man coming into the world. And that word light, it speaks of, it gives us life, spiritual life, physical life. But I think here he's talking about spiritual life because, guess what? Without God, 
The Bible says that every man, every woman is in darkness. That that when we become saved, we become children of the light. And we no longer walk in darkness. Because darkness stands for evil. And impurity. And error. And light stands for truth and holiness and righteousness. Even when you get over to John chapter... 1 John chapter 2... The Bible says in verse 5, 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, he says, In him was light, and there is no darkness in him. That God is light, and in him there is no darkness. Darkness, I think many times for us, is a terrible time. How many of y'all like, like the nighttime? Not a lot. <laughs> Especially when you have to go to bed at night, you know, those are the times seem like when your worst fears and worries and all the things come in. And that's why I said, aren't you glad God brings the light every morning? Because every morning we get to start anew, we get to start afresh. And I think that was what Jesus was saying to these folks this, this day as he stood in the temple court. He's He's still in the same place. He hasn't left. And he's in the court of the women probably. And every every day at this Feast of the Booths, the Feast of the Booths is the commemoration, the, memor- the reminder that for all those days out in the wilderness, they were out there in that wilderness and they lived in little tents that they made for themselves. While they were out there those 38, 40 years while they were in the wilderness. And during that time, what happened? God was with them even then, wasn't He? You remember? I want to read a couple of more verses. I have most of these written down here on a piece of paper. You can turn to them if you want to. But it says over in Exodus chapter 13, And the Lord went before them... By day and a pillar of cloud to lead the way, and by night and a pillar of fire to give them light so as to go day by day. And then in chapter 14, verse 20, it says, So it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. Thus it was a cloud of darkness to one, and it gave light by night to the other, so that the one did not come near the other all night. God's light stands for protection and holiness and righteousness and purity. And, you know, as He led these folks in the wilderness, I I was thinking about this the other night. It's just, it's unimaginable to me that it can be freezing during the daytime, not during the nighttime, but during the daytime it can be so hot that, that you can't stand it. But at night, the temperature drops so quickly. I don't know how that happens, what the dynamics are. But God was out in the wilderness with them during that time. And and He was heating them up at night with His light and guiding them and protecting them and taking care of them because there was this light to show them the way. And there was this darkness during the day, this cloud that covered them from all the heat and, and protected them. But this light is a protection. It's a guide. Jesus came to give us light. And what happens when you have that light? You can see, right? 
And you know, that's what Jesus wanted us to do. Jesus came and He said, I am the light of the world. This is His great, second great I am statement. He says, I am the light of the world. I am the one who brought light into the world. I am the one that brought life into the world. I am the giver of life. I am the giver of spiritual life. I am your protector. I am your guide. I am the truth, the way, and the life. I am all these things. Until that light shines, you can't really see what's going on around you, can you? You can't see the way to go. Jesus said, I am the way. But if the light didn't shine, you couldn't see the way, right? You stumble around at night, can't see. Of course, we kind of get kind of used to living in a place and we can kind of figure out about where everything is if we walk around enough during the daytime and then it gets nighttime, we can't see. We can kind of stumble around and make it from place to place. But I think what Jesus was telling these folks this day is He was telling them that unless He shows us the way and unless He gives us light, we will never see the truth. We will never understand the truth about who God is because the Bible says that we all walk in darkness. That we are children of wrath and, and until God opens our eyes and shows us who He is and how much He loves us and how much He cares for us. That we wander around in darkness and we stumble around and we make a mess out of everything. You know, when the light's off, what do you do? You, you stumble around, you make a mess, and everything goes everywhere. And, you know, and that's the way it is before Jesus comes into our life. When He comes into our life, then He shows us how to live. He shows us the way. And Jesus says, He who follows Me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. We're going to have purity and righteousness and holiness. Because unless Jesus comes into our life, we can't be that way. We can't live that way. Yes, we can do some good things. Yes, we can you know, do some right things. Yes, we can do some things that, that look good to other people. But ultimately, we keep messing up, messing up. And that's why it's good that God is there for us and that God loves us so much. I, I was looking in the book of Revelation and in the book of Revelation when it says one day, Revelation chapter 21 verse 23 said, The city had no need of the sun nor of the moon to shine in it for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is the light. Remember what John said in John chapter 1, verse 29? That Jesus was the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is a great statement. And it's really hard to believe that, that we don't, that God shows us so much, but yet we still don't see. In Isaiah chapter 6 said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up on His throne. Even though we see, the Bible says we see through a, through a glass darkly. We don't really see 
the way we ought to. But one day when we get to heaven, we're going to see God like He is. And we're going to be able to see that light. And we're going to be able to, to dwell in it and be part of it. Peter, when he says that we've been saved, he talks about changing when God changes us and saves us. He says in 1 Peter 2 verse 9, he says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, His own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. His marvelous light. And 1 Timothy 6 verse 16 talks about Jesus who alone has immortality, dwelling in unapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see, to whom be honor and everlasting power forever. Amen. And these Pharisees, eh, it's amazing. Jesus is telling them that He's the source of life, spiritual life, that He's the light of the world. And what do they do? In verse 13, the Pharisees therefore said to him, You bear witness of yourself. Your witness is not true. They go all the way back to chapter 5. Because Jesus over in chapter 5 says in verse 31, If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. There is another who bears witness of me. I know that the witness which he witnesses of me is true. These Pharisees go back to what he was saying. You know, the Bible said that at the witness of two or three people, what happened? You could you can judge somebody, but at the mouth of one witness, you can't condemn somebody, right? You can't convict them. At least nowadays we've got DNA and all these other stuff and they call it circumstantial evidence and all these things, but you couldn't convict somebody that way back in this time. You had to have at least two witnesses. And Jesus was saying back in John chapter 5 verse 31, He said basically you won't accept my witness, but there is another one who bears witness of me and that's the Father. Basically, between God the Father and God the Son, there are two witnesses. And so here he, he, he tells them that who he is, and they, they basically try to throw the words he said back in John chapter 5 back on him. Say, well, your witness is not true. You just said that back in John chapter 5. That, that if you bear witness, your witness is not true. And Jesus said, that's not what I was saying. Jesus says in verse 14, Jesus answered them and said to them, Even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true. For I know where I came from and where I'm going, but you do not know where I come from and where I'm going. See, Jesus is the only one that really can tell us the truth because He's the one that came from heaven. He knows who He is. He knows where He came from. They didn't know. They didn't understand. It blows my mind because these people, these Pharisees, Jesus told them over and over and over again that He was God. He told them over and over and over again who He was. And they said, well, tell us who you are. Or He tells them He's the light of the world. What did they start talking about? That His witness is not true. They just totally, basically... 
ignore what he says. They just say that you, we can't believe your testimony. So he tells them that he's going back to heaven. He came down from heaven. He's going back to heaven. And he says, you don't know where I'm going. You don't know where I came from. Why don't they know? Because they don't know who he is. They don't understand him. They don't believe him. And he says, you judge, verse 15, according to the flesh. In other words, you judge according to what you see and, and you don't understand the things from God. He says, I judge no one. And yet if I do judge, my judgment is true for I am not alone, but I am with the Father who sent me. In other words, he says, the reason his judgment is true is because his judgment is based on holiness and righteousness and purity and he's doing what the Father wants him to do. He and the Father are one and between the two of them, he's not doing things because he wants them done that way. Most of the time we want to see something happen our way. But why do we want it to happen our way? Because we, we want it to turn out the way we want it to, right? But Jesus is saying, I'm impartial and I can do it because I've come from heaven. And because I represent the Father. And he says, I don't judge, but even if I were to judge, my judgment would be true. For I am not alone, I am with the Father who sent me. He says, it is also written in your law, verse 17, that the testimony of two men is true. I am one who bears witness of myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness of me. He said, there's two people that bear witness of me. Not only myself, but the Father. And then guess what they do? They get nasty with Him. Then they said to Him, where is your Father? You know what they were doing? They were asking, where is your Father? Because, remember, Jesus was born, what? Of a virgin. And Mary was found with child before Joseph and her had been married. And I'm sure that was all over town that, that it was known that, that this thing had happened. You know, you just can't cover up stuff like that, right? But he was born of the Holy Spirit. But they, they're trying to say, well, hey, where's your father at? In other words, you're born of some evil deed that you're not a legitimate child. And Jesus answered him and he says, You know neither me nor my father, because if you'd have known me, you would have known my father also. Jesus tells him again, You don't know me, you don't know my father, and the reason you don't know my father is because you don't know me. Remember what Jesus said back in chapter 7? If you honor the Son, you honor the Father. If you don't honor the Son, you don't honor the Father. The two are inseparably linked that Jesus is the representative of the Father. And if you don't know that Jesus is who He says He is, you will never know the Father because He's going to tell us later on in John chapter 8, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. And so Jesus lastly says, 
that you don't know me, you don't know my Father. In other words, you're not going to heaven. You don't know who my Father is. My Father is of heaven. And he says here, these words Jesus spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple, and no one laid hands on him, for his hour had not yet come. Jesus is teaching again. They're frustrated. They're mad with him. How many times have they tried to kill him, to take him, to do something, but they can't lay hands on him because Jesus is God. Nobody lays hands on him because it wasn't time for him to go to the cross. And until God said it was time, they could not touch him. They could not lay their hands on him because he is God. And these people were totally powerless. They were totally helpless to do anything about who Jesus was, what he said. Every time they tried to mess with Jesus, they lost. Every time they tried. And Jesus beat them every time. They, they just don't understand. And that's the way it is in life. Let's think about it this way. If we are looking at things and we want to see things a certain way because we want them to turn out a certain way, we'll never see the truth. What do you call that? Prejudging? Prejudiced? That we look and we see things a lot of times and we don't really see the truth of people, see who they are, see how things really are because we are got some preconceived notion in our mind. And that's what these people were doing. They had in their mind who Jesus was. They had in their mind the way to get to heaven. And it's the same thing today. People have in their mind who Jesus is. They have their own little way, they think, to get to heaven. And, and Jesus basically tells you, look, you don't really see the truth until you really open up your eyes and see me, the light of the world. Because I'm the only truth. I'm the only righteousness. I'm the only holiness. I'm the only pure thing there is in this world. And until you see me for who I am, you will never see anything else as it is. But once your eyes are open and you see Jesus for who He is and He comes into your life and He saves you and He changes you from the inside out, then you begin to see life as it really is. You see people for who they really are. You see yourself as you really are. You see life the way it's supposed to be. But until then, we just walk in darkness. We're wandering around, stumbling and bumping our head and doing all kinds of crazy and dumb things. But one day when Jesus opens up our eyes, then we can see the way to really live, the way to do things and how we ought to live. It's amazing. I lived a bunch of years before I trusted Christ and you know, I thought I was a pretty good person. One day I got saved and I found out that I really wasn't a very good person. I realized, I thought, you know, I'm a pretty good person. And one day I'm just going to go join the church and have a family and, and I'm going to go to heaven. And that's what a lot of people think. But one day I realized that I had to do something. I had to trust Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I had to be forgiven and He had to come into my life and change me. 
And then when I saw that and He opened up my eyes and showed me the truth and showed me the light, then I really saw, wow, this Marty, he wasn't a very good person. I thought I was. But you know, when Jesus opens up your eyes, you really see the truth. I love that God showed me the truth. That's what this Bible is about. James talks about looking in the mirror of the Word and examining yourself and seeing who you really are and then asking God to help you become the person He wants you to be. And that's what Jesus is telling these folks. I'm the light of the world. I'm the holiness. I'm the purity. I'm the righteousness. Unless you come to me, you will never see the reality of this world. People think they're living for all this junk of this world. They think they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. But Jesus said, I'm not of this world. My world's up in heaven, right? He says, those of us that have been saved, that we're aliens and strangers. We're just passing through this old world and the things of this world don't really matter. Because what matters is one day when we pass out of this world and we go to be with Jesus in heaven, that's what really matters. Because then life will really begin. This point we're living and we're kind of stumbling through, but, but one day when He removes us from all the fetters of sin and all the encumbrances of these bodies and all these things, one day life will really begin. But He has us here for a purpose. And He has us here for a reason. And until He gets through with us, we're supposed to be the lights of the world. You know, Jesus said, I am the light of the world, right? Then a little bit later on in John chapter 12, I think He says, He said, uh, while I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. And then a little later on, right before He goes to heaven, He says, ye are the lights of the world. Let your light so shine that others may see your good works and glorify our Father who's in heaven. Now that Jesus is gone, we are the people who are to show others the way to live. We are the people who show others what is right and what is wrong. We are others who by the way we live and by the way we love others and treat people, the way we live our life, we are the ones who are supposed to reflect Jesus and show them the only way to live is living for Jesus. I hope and pray every single one of y'all know that and understand that because Jesus is the only way to live your life. He is the only way to live. And if you don't know that, ask Him to forgive you today. Ask Him to save you. Ask Him to come into your life and change you and make you like Him. Father, we just thank You today for Your grace and Your mercy and love. We thank You that Jesus is the light of the world, that He shows us who God the Father is. He is a true light. He is holy and righteous and pure and, and virtuous and He is the one who opens up our eyes and shows us the things that we do that are wrong and how we ought to live and that what we're doing is worthless and empty until we come to Jesus. Thank You, Father, for showing us the way. Thank You for sending the light. Father, thank You for this beautiful day. You said in Your your Bible, this is the day the Lord has made. We will be glad and rejoice in it. We love you, we thank you, and we praise you for what you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. And I want to sing number...
78. We haven't sang this one in a little while, but this is one of my favorite songs. It's called Bright in the Corner Where You Are. Because Jesus is no longer in the world, and we are the lights of the world. He said for us to shine our lights so that others may see our good works and glorify Him. And so I want us to be the lights in the world, as Jesus said too. And so I want to sing for us to brighten the corner because wherever we're at, whatever we're doing, we can show people the way to Jesus because He is the way, the truth, and the life. Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Please help us reach out to those the world has forgotten. Everyone we minister to is locked up in some way, shape, or form. Those in the nursing home facilities are locked up in bodies that do not work in a wheelchair or in a bed. We minister to children and youth who are locked up because of behavioral problems. Some have told us we want to have a real family because their parents have lost or given up custody of them. Other kids are locked up because they've committed crimes. We also minister to those locked up at the jails and the prisons, to those locked up in addictions, to drugs, alcohol, depression, and suicidal thoughts, to those locked up in a variety of other things that keep them from becoming who Jesus wants them to be. He came to give us abundant life, joy, and set us free, and these people that we minister to are not free. Our desire is to show them whatever their background, no matter what they've done, to see how much God loves them. We seek to help them receive forgiveness and freedom from their sin in Jesus Christ. We minister in the local area of Savannah, Georgia, and surrounding Effingham and Chatham area. We have recently expanded our ministry to to the Lexington and Columbia, South Carolina area. We do over 2,000 services every year. We hope and pray that you will support us in some way that so we can continue our mission. Go to hisloveministries.net and click on the Donate Now button or send it via regular mail to Post Office Box 1881, Lexington, South Carolina, 29071. We hope and pray that you will do that. Thank you and God bless you. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. John 832.